Welcome to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Landing Page Optimization expert, Tim Ash, is here to show you what it takes to create optimal landing pages. LPO brings you detailed case studies, opinions, and analysis from the leaders of landing page optimization. Now here's your host, Tim Ash. Welcome back, everyone. This is your host, Tim Ash, with LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And this week, my guest is Mike Loveridge, the head of conversion rate optimization at the health giant Humana. Welcome, Mike. Hey, welcome. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So a speaker at our recent conversion conference, the one we had in Las Vegas here in the U.S. back in May. What are your thoughts about the state of the conversion industry? Well, it seems like it's growing really fast, and it's interesting to see how it just keeps moving along with some of the digital trends, like sticking out for the consumer and uh, looking out for the voice of the consumer. I mean, you see that trend in the digital industry, and then also the conversion industry is really focused on that as well. Okay, so the, what do you mean voice of the consumer? Let's let's talk about that a little bit more and unpack it. Why is that important? Well, you know, the most a lot of the most successful companies like Southwest Airlines, Amazon, you know, they're just they're known for great customer experiences, great customer service, etc. And uh, you know, everybody's figuring that out and scrambling as fast as they can in that direction. And you know, me being in the healthcare industry, that's also the same thing that's happening right there. We're trying to become more of a partner for your health versus being an insurance company. So in scrambling to do that, and that seems to be the trend, you know, you also see that that was a main theme in the conference this year that you heard in a majority of the talks that just kept coming up over and over. That's interesting. So I think that what we're saying is that really the expectation of people is very, is higher these days, I guess is the best, maybe the best way to put it, that you don't want just okay experiences. You want, well, you know, there's, I think the word delightful experiences are overused, but certainly companies are expected to provide at scale a level of you know, human interaction and contact and appropriateness, whatever you want to call it, so that people feel more welcome and feel an affinity for the company. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, a quote that uh, actually Amy Africa used that was one of your quotes in, in one of the conference talks, she just said that. You don't start with thinking about your web pages and changing those around. You start by thinking about the consumer issues that they're trying to solve. Otherwise, you're just trying to fix the symptom but not the problem. Something that I often talk about, Amy and I have had discussions about, is that our job as marketers is actually not to be marketers. It's to be advocates for our long-suffering web users and the people. So it's not to look out for the company's bottom line. The company's bottom line is really a function of how well we align with the needs of our visitors. Exactly, exactly. It's almost like it's almost like the bottom line will sort of take care of itself. You know, you still have to have the business plan and execute and so forth. But if you take care of the consumers, the bottom line will probably take care of itself. Yeah. In other words, we worked with a company that sold vacations, RV rentals, basically. And, you know, an RV vacation is a pretty complicated thing. And their whole business model was, okay, you know, like buy your online uh, trip right now, you know, like with all these super complicated things. Where do you want to pick up? Where do you want to drop off? What route are you going to take? All this stuff that you don't know how big of a motorhome do you need? And, you know, so we changed the business model to what most people preferred, which is just kind of like do a quick pre-reservation without putting any money on the line, just kind of know that the vehicle will be available and kind of put a hold on it. And so that was aligning with the needs of visitors and not necessarily what the company wanted. So it's really hard, though, to get out of that what the company wants mindset, isn't it? 
Oh, it definitely is. And, you know, you find that in the insurance space, too, where you just love for people to sign up for um, insurance plans all day long. But, you know, it's a pretty complex purchase. They want to research it and they want to find out all about it. And there's a lot of stuff they need to know. And that takes a lot of time and patience to walk somebody through that. So you can't get into that greedy marketer syndrome with constantly getting them to buy now, buy now. Well, let's talk about that a little bit because um, you know I, I rail against that, and I believe you know I don't know if I coined the term "greedy marketer syndrome," but I certainly have popularized it. Yeah. You know what is that? What that means is you know kind of squeezing the bottom of the sales funnel and hoping the dollar signs come out. Or another way of putting it is we expect people to take a standing broad jump, no wind up. You know, they and do what our business wants you to do. Never mind that you know you have to they have to get comfortable with us, develop a relationship, and so on. So is it how how is that problem amplified when you're inside of a bigger company? Let's kind of talk about the large company environment a little bit that you work in, and you know, Humana is a multi-billion-dollar publicly traded company. Yeah. So the way it's magnified, I think, is that the focus is just on the bottom line, and um, and so the the political pressure is there to 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 look at those KPIs that are more top of the funnel. Um, and I guess top of the funnel in that that might not be saying it correctly, but I, I think you I think you understand what I'm saying here is that that is that you really have to fight against that political pressure to do the right thing long term so that people can make the decisions and they get through the funnel and they actually end up buying something, but then they have that delightful experience as, as well, so that it's 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 adoption as well as a conversion. Okay, well that's kind of an interesting perspective, so that. In a way, what you're saying is, what's the best way to put this? That that makes it kind of sound hopeless. And I don't mean I've worked in enough large organizations and with enough uh, large organizations, but there's a lot of things that I hear from big companies like that's above my pay grade. Okay, I'm doing conversion rate optimization or I'm driving pay-per-click traffic, but the policies as how – uh, you know how the forms are filled out and what fields are required. Those are decisions I don't get to make. Can you talk about how you kind of expand your sphere of influence and get get to do more meaningful things? What are some of the the approaches or strategies you use for that? Yeah, uh, one of the strategies is just to start small and do little tests on things that people can understand much much easier. So show conversion gains in small ways with single variables, things like that. And then once people understand that, then the tr- you, they, gain, they gain the trust and then they're more willing to try the, the more complex things that, that incidentally move the needle a lot more as well. So basically it's kind of a start small approach, you know, show quick wins, show psychological kind of momentum and then ask for, you know, more free reign essentially. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But have you ever done the incrementalism approach? So, if you kind of expand your wins and get a snowball rolling down the hill. Have you ever, you know, this is not always possible depending on the political culture of the company, done what I call the stealth approach, which is to go and basically ask for, go do something, then ask for forgiveness rather than permission and say, hey, look, this worked. Do you want to make more money or do you want me to go back to the old way? <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, I've tried that on occasion, and that is one of the tools in the tool belt. I think another one maybe that, that I'll try as well is I call it the pay the bills approach, where you do uh, you keep a consistent cadence and keep some tests out there so that 
that folks are excited. But then if you want to try some really crazy, I guess, stealthy stuff or what have you, then you can do those behind the scenes. And if, you know, if they go, if they go poorly or you get data back that, wow, I, I don't know, we really need to do a little bit more exploration here, then you can keep the focus on the stuff that's quote unquote paying the bills. So don't mind the man behind the curtain, basically, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you got the mad scientist locked up in the room. In, so, in so, the back room. so you got your kind of standard tests, and you're reporting on those, and talking about optimization, and then you just basically don't even mention your pet projects off to the side, <laughs> unless they they turn into something good. Okay, so is that dangerous as a career move? Do you think that in other companies, or you know, perhaps even in yours, you can kind of get spanked for that? We'll probably need to talk about that after we take our next break. So hold that thought, Mike, and answer wisely or you may be out of a job tomorrow. No, I'm just kidding. We'll be back in two minutes after a break from our sponsors. More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment. Internet Marketing Inc. designs fully integrated digital programs that improve brand experiences and grow businesses through valuable data insights and strategy across all types of media. Paid, owned, and earned. Their digital experts nimbly adapt strategy by providing you a comprehensive view of your brand's online audience and program performance. If you are looking for a data-driven approach to online marketing and advertising, call Internet Marketing Inc. today at 866-563-0620 or visit internetmarketinginc.com. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis, SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. Finding links to improve your rankings in the search engines is time-consuming and frustrating for many of us. The Hoth is the go-to company to help lighten your link-building load. Their white-label SEO was made specifically for agencies, in-house SEOs, and affiliates. The Hoth also offers high-quality custom local citation building to improve search rankings in Google's Maps and localized results. Providing fulfillment for some of the largest SEO companies in the world, The Hoth offers link and citation building services you can trust. Get $20 in link building or citation building credits free by going to thehoth.com slash radio. T-H-E-H-O-T-H dot com slash radio. Welcome back to LPO, landing page optimization, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is your host, Tim Ash, with LPO, landing page optimization. This week, I'm interviewing my good friend and speaker at Conversion Conference, Mike Leverage. Mike, so we're talking about this ask for forgiveness rather than permission approach. Are there ramifications to that? Uh, what, what's, the, what's the worst thing that has happened to you personally when you've done that? Obviously, it's higher risk. Yeah. Well, I think there's kind of a continuum there, obviously. And the key element is, I guess the continuum is on how transparent you're going to be about that stuff and kind of where you, where you put the focus. And there is a wide continuum. And I, I try to play that a little bit more conservatively. So I haven't had that come back and bite me to this point. But 
you know, again, it's just it's the whole marketer's game. You know, if you focus on the good things about your product and then the other things, you work those out. You make sure that you're transparent about them, but you certainly don't go yell those things from the rooftops. You, you focus on your strengths. So I think that's kind of what we're talking about. And one other kind of third approach, I think, to organizational change is to get essentially allies higher in the management hierarchy, if you will. I mean, I'm sure that companies like Humana have multiple layers of management. So sometimes it helps to have political air cover and to have an advocate one or two levels up. Have you ever uh, done anything along those lines? Or is Yeah, that for me has been a real challenge because there have been a lot of reorgs um, at Humana. And then, you know, just the current announcement where they're being purchased by Aetna. So that mm-hmm. definitely throws a lot of flux in there. So you see a lot of churn, you see a lot of people focusing on reorgs and, and these changes. And so having a consistent executive sponsor is has been a challenge. And it's huge. Like you can't overstate that enough on how important that is. Okay. So yeah, by the way, I really appreciate your candidness and frankness through this. You know, most people probably wouldn't talk publicly about their job uh, to this degree, but we're not exactly saying anything surprising in a sense. Any large organization is going to have that. We've worked with plenty of Fortune 100 and Fortune 500 clients, and we find these reorgs are just like a <laughs> it's naturally occurring thing, like brush fires out here in California. You know, uh, it's just part of the landscape. Every once in a while, a brush fire sweeps through, and musical chairs is done, and then all of a sudden, you report to somebody different, right? Yeah, yeah, it happens everywhere. It happens with every company, and it's especially in this day and age, things change rapidly, so it can be expected. Yeah, maybe one strategy for that is the diversification strategy you have, say, if you're a consultant. You know, you want to have lots of different clients so that in case something happens with one of them, you've still got plenty of other options. And maybe that's a good strategy for executive sponsorship as well, is you want to have one set executive sponsor, but you really need to be building and publicizing and working with leaders throughout the organization. It sounds like a big part of CRO in larger companies, and again, uh, based on our experience of working with clients as well, is ongoing evangelism. I mean, it's beating the drum. How much of your time is actually spent, if you say, managing your team or in operational aspects, and how much of it is this kind of advocacy, evangelism, spreading out the results of what you're doing, making political or social alliances in order to facilitate future projects? How would you, how would you characterize that? I mean, there's a maturity model of a testing organization. Then there's also the maturity of just testing as far as the corporation or the organization goes. And partially based on both of those two, I mean, that, that mix kind of fluctuates. So for me, for like the last year, year and a half, it was maybe 80% testing and execution, maybe 20% evangelism. And then recently it's switched and now it's, it's the opposite. It's about 80% advocacy. Okay. And it can be time consuming and it seems like soft work and, uh, and it's not um, anything that you can necessarily measure the immediate outcome of. I mean, so if you're not running more tests with your time because you're, you're building alliances or talking to other groups within the company, but that's necessary work and it's kind of unavoidable that social glue in larger organizations which you spend most of your time building, that social capital, if you will, right? Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. And then, I mean, and you learn so many things from that process as well. When you're up and you're evangelizing, you're standing in front of people you know, they have questions and they talk about things and they want to philosophize and they bring up stuff that you wouldn't have thought of before. So it, 
it builds your organization in, in different ways, but it's definitely not lost time, even though it is so time consuming. Yeah. So kind of like spinning up the flywheel of inertia and action and possibilities inside the company, you know, you have to, well, it's more like a, a millstone and it seems like even moving that rock is really hard. But once it gets spinning, have you noticed that, it, you know, the momentum of it keeps it going and all of a sudden good things start to happen? What, what's the payoff from all of that upfront effort that you're putting in? The payoff is that they come to you with specific ideas. They come to you with, with requests and yeah, it really, it really, it really pays off. Okay, so that is a kind of an objective measure when people start coming to you for help and seeing you as a resource. I mean, I know a lot of times, depending especially on how the organization is is uh, organized, that people will resent the CRO team because you're coming in and stepping on their turf or messing with their part of the website and there's all these autonomy and control issues. And so you know you're succeeding when people see you as a force for good or as a proactive resource to be utilized, right? Yeah, that's correct. You'd mentioned briefly this kind of conversion maturity model. I mean, obviously, we've we've developed a, a very detailed one over the years, and you were just focused a little more on the kind of testing maturity. But uh, tell me your definition of kind of uh, testing maturity and, and uh, what are the, the hallmarks of the different stages of that? Oh, man, I would say that you know, you break it down into um, technology and just the, the maturity of the organization, just the culture. You talk about the processes that you have in place for actually executing your tests. And then, you know, maybe you'd look at it in terms of just strategic maturity as well. You know, how much are you driving the organization and, and their strategy through your testing? So those are the four things that come to mind, to my mind. But, you know, without looking at uh, you guys' model, which is much more complex and detailed for, for the last few months, I, it would be good to get back into that for kind of a refresher because you know, I haven't seen too many maturity models for, uh, for CRO out there, but I know you guys is, is, is really good. Yeah, thank you. No, but I just want to expand on each of those areas. We just have a couple of minutes before we go in our last break here, but if you can talk about uh, on each of those dimensions, how can you tell where somebody is in an organization? Now, which dimension do you want to start with? Pick one. <laughs> <laughs> Pick one. Okay. Let's just talk about the strategy then. If you're being invited to the big strategic meetings at the organization where they're talking about the higher level stuff, then you know you've made it there versus just being in the technical things and kind of hearing about stuff secondhand. So I'd say that would be true maturity. If you're talking about technology, then it's probably linking your CRO software with maybe the analytics software and maybe personalization software and having everything talked together and utilizing all those tools together would maybe be one thing I'd look at. I know that I'm skipping out on, on lots of things here, but just to kind of hit a couple of high points for sake of discussion, I think if you talk about maybe uh, the, the maturity within the organization, talked about just folks coming to you with test ideas, that would be one measure of maturity. Another certainly would be that where people are getting compensated based on the performance of their part of the the website or their part you know, of the the conversion funnel. Yeah, where your bread is buttered. Yeah, let's let's pick up on that after the break. And I also want to explore a unusual side of you, Mike. I understand <laughs> there have been times when you would dress up in a bear suit and run around in the forest scaring people. I think that's a very dangerous thing, especially in the deep south. Uh, but anyway, we'll come back to that after our break and explore. 
Mike's Furby side in two minutes. More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at box speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis, SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is your host, Tim Ash, with LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And my guest this week is Mike Leverage, the head of conversion rate optimization at Humana. Now, giant guppy got swallowed by an even bigger fish, uh, now part of Aetna, is, is my understanding. Uh, Mike, uh, bear suits yes. running around the forest, scaring people. What up? <laughs> well, I guess uh, in my scout troop when I was growing up, I was one of those experimental types. I've always been that way. And, and usually when you talk at that age of experimenting with things, people, people are like they're, they're burning things. You know, it, it has to do with matches and, and fireworks <laughs> and stuff when you're in scouts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and, and where I grew up, I mean, that was taken. We already had the pyro in the troops. I had to think of something else. And uh, we had a bear suit in the basement. And so I wondered what would happen if I if I took a bear suit out into the woods on one of our campouts and, and dressed up in it and ran around uh, scaring people. Okay, well, this is this is the name of my next rock band. We had a bear suit in the basement. I mean, that's a phrase <laughs> you do not hear very often. Where the heck did you get a bear suit? I have no idea. It was just there from when I was from when I was a kid. I always remember that 
There was the bear suit. It was always there. It was a constant. <laughs> okay. Well, I think we probably need to uh, lasso that bear and come back to a little bit of uh, conversion rate optimization. So, you know, one of the things that you said on the on the compensation side is um, that you know how is are people compensated? Are they paid off on the success of their efforts? Um, what have you seen as kind of the effect if you incentivize people to improve their performance and pay them bonuses based on outcomes of uh, conversion rate optimization improvement? You know, that's something that I've always dreamed about seeing, but I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that widely. So I, you know, actually I can't really tell you too much about that, but it's always been a goal and kind of something that I've wanted to aspire to. Well, in that case, I'll uh, elucidate that myself. In the clients uh, where we've seen that, that are a little more entrepreneurial, what we suggest is that you actually reward conversion rate improvement and have a culture where you tolerate, of course, testing failures because you're not going to have successful tests. Even 50% success rate on tests in some circumstances is really good. So if you just kind of – I call it the DEA model. So – Basically, if you uh, let people share in the wealth, like, you know, DAA busts the drug dealer, they get to sell off his sports cars and keep the money. And then that funds further uh, DEA activities. In the same way, you can use that to bootstrap CRO teams and also pay out some money to the parts of the company or the websites that you improve. And that way, everybody kind of gets to share in the improved performance and gets that excited about that. What do you think? Uh, would that work at, uh, at Humana? Oh, it would definitely work. Yeah, something I've always dreamed about doing. Yeah, so basically bootstrapping it. So it's like, hey, if I made you an extra dollar in in profit this year, let me keep 25 cents of it and grow the team and capability. And and it just kind of keeps getting stronger and stronger. Yeah, we'd be driving around in Ferraris. (laughs) (laughs) I'd have a horse at the Kentucky Derby next year, Tim. (laughs) <laughs> okay, Mike. Uh, well, okay. yes, I can just see that happening. I could see some bean counter at Aetna going, yep, line item here, the Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> Racehorse what? <laughs> Although I, I'm sure you'd, you'd look very dapper in, in, in your Ferrari, you know, and, and <laughs> yeah, who wouldn't? you know, yeah, I, yeah well, true enough. But uh, what color? Let's talk about that. Oh, let's talk about what color of Ferrari. Well, I think I'd do an A-B test. I think I'd uh, maybe I'd get a red one and a black one, and I'd go out and kind of gauge what the, uh, you know, how people reacted to it. And then I'd, okay, I'd, one of these rare times I would disagree with you, okay? <laughs> because clearly some things don't need to be tested, and maybe this is a <laughs> kind of a, a good thing to end on, and that uh, Ferrari red is the only option. Okay, just in case you're wondering, yeah. it's a trick question. <laughs> true that, true that. I'll go with you on that one. <laughs> okay, so just a, a one final minute here. Uh, a couple of quick tips for um, you know maximizing the potential of CRO in your in larger organizations. If, if you're talking to someone that was taking over, you know your job or working at a sister company, what are the essentials they must know to be more successful in a large organization? You got to show consistent results. Um, would be one. Second would be. When you're showing results, show results that folks in the organization can understand that match with the level of, uh, of maturity there. So if it has to be you know, single variable uh, results, show that. If it's multivariable stuff and you can you know, go into some more depth and do that. But, but keep it to the level. You know, work on that executive sponsorship uh, piece and um, make sure you're spending plenty of time on the, on the PR and the evangelizing. 
Well, the great closing thoughts from Mike Loveridge, the head of CRO at Humana. Mike, thanks for being on the program. I know that our audience got a lot out of it. Yeah, thanks a lot, Tim. Appreciate it. And loyal listeners, we'll see you on the flip side. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.